0: numbers show inflation is rippling into every corner of American life, with some people skipping meals because they simply can't afford it. Prices may be down at the gas pump, but prices overall, especially for food, have increased by 8% more than they were last year. August 29th is the first official back-to-school day for Philadelphia School District
1: students, and kids will have to mask up for at least the first 10 days, while kids in pre-K get this, Rachel have to stay masked all year long in Philadelphia. It's so crazy. Insane. Pre-K kids mask up all year long in Philly. This news comes just days after the CDC dropped a majority of COVID-19 protocols, regardless of whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated.
2: In Prince George's County, don't go back to class until two weeks from today, but when they do return, they will be required to wear masks. The school district says the decision was made because of the highly contagious Omicron variant. The decision also comes after the CDC released updated COVID guidelines that include getting rid of social distancing requirements and also easing quarantine records.
1: We can't keep up with the increase in prices.
2: Daniel
3: Solo has owned this school supply store in Queens, New York for 20 years. He says trying to keep up with rising prices makes it hard to not pass that cost down to the consumer.
1: I am not going to raise the price on what I already have in the store, so I'm going to absorb that. Is that a loss? It minimizes my profit margin, and when you do that, it's hard to stay in business. One of the I'm glad you brought up China because one of the things that I think makes people feel particularly helpless and hopeless about all of this is that we can do you know, we can compost our heart out, we can buy an electric car, we can individually do all these things, but China is the number one polluter. And if China isn't contributing to saving the earth, maybe all of these things around the margins aren't gonna help. Well, Allison, we have to have every country step forward. We lost a lot of ground, a lot of credibility in the prior administration. Part of the the sort of enthusiasm and energy today is that I think we all know that this put us back on the map. That pushed the US back in a leadership position. We will continue to negotiate with China and get them into the program. But frankly, we had to have something big We had to take a big leap forward. This is the biggest piece of legislation that our country has ever advanced by 10 times as much in terms of reductions of any other law. But it frankly is being looked at internationally as perhaps the biggest and most significant step forward, not just in the United States, but in our international community. This is the only way we are going to get China to the table is if we outcompete them and we out, and we outsmart them moving forward. That's what this is all about. We'll capture the clean energy economy, and they'll have to try to figure out how they they then rejoin the community of countries that know that we have to take action on climate.
2: When it comes to inflation, is it misleading to call this the Inflation Reduction Act for Americans when it's not going to make their grocery bill cheaper? It's not going to make everyday goods cheaper for them.
1: Why At would it? Why would it? Well, immediately, it's not because I mean, we never see anything happen immediately. Like today, it's turn the switch on and off. On the point that you made about the timing, of when people will start to see relief, you know, some of the provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act are going to ha- uh, help really immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. The provisions that give consumers tax rebates uh, or tax credits for uh, going out and buying more energy efficient heaters, more energy efficient appliances. Those are enacted immediately. The Donaldson. Swung on, hit in the air to right, toward the line. That ball is going to be gone. It's a grand slam, a walk-off grand slam to win the game. Josh Donaldson, powered one, down the right field line, into the seats. It's a grand slam. That's Josh, by gosh. And doing it with a notch. A grand slam, and the Yankees get a win. Oh, they need that
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 97 in the Dog Daves of Summer here on Thursday, August 18th. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I am Fred Garvin. Welcome back, Mr. McKenna. How's your week been? It's been pretty good so far. Got a bunch of work done. The <laughs> usual stuff. Yeah, <laughs> That's great. That's great. Hey, the Yankees finally won a game.
4: You know, anytime somebody asks anytime somebody asks why you watch this ridiculous, frustrating sport last <laughs> night should be like on the top of everybody's list. Cause it was a game the Yankees probably should have lost, tried to lose a couple of times, and and you know, it was a rain delay in there. I mean, it just it was none of it was good right up until the
0: end. And then it was like, oh, okay, that's all good now. <laughs> well, Uh, There was a rain delay and I couldn't manage to stay awake. Uh, So I missed the, the nail biting ninth inning. And obviously I've caught up since, but man, I'll tell you what. I have never seen a team fall so hard since the all-star break than this one. They're setting records. Uh, So I don't know if it's going to turn around. Uh, I don't understand this, this whole Eric, this whole um, Hicks phenomenon
4: uh it's incomprehensible right why why would you have that guy pitching for anybody
0: he's the worst hitter on the team i mean he had single-handedly lost one game for them this week just by himself just by himself anyway um do do you have any um announcements for the week well yeah
4: i just wanted to i I will i will yeah i have one but i also want to just close the the book on the on this the baseball thing good news is for those of you who don't like baseball um Yankees are either gonna um be dead or or be fine by the end of this weekend, right?
0: So, in which case we'll stop talking about them if exactly. they're
4: dead. <laughs> either way, we're probably gonna stop talking about it for another six, seven weeks till we get to the playoffs. So um yeah, I have um yeah, I have one thing I wanna I wanna um say real quick. Uh there's been a you know, Jack, a, a guy named John McDermott died, and he's the was the dad of uh, my best friend in high school, right? Uh, more important than that, he was a FBI agent. He worked the Alger Hiss case. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked um, a bunch of airline hijackings. He was the agent in charge of the Washington DC field office during the Watergate investigation. Um, you know, and he was you know 96 years old, born in 1926. One of the last of the very good guys at the FBI. Um, and, and, uh, and you
0: mean that probably literally at this point, given their their shenanigans over the oh, years.
4: I, I definitely mean it. Um, and um, and obviously one of the last of the one of the last of the people who fought World War Two. So <clears throat> we buried him yesterday out of St. Mary's in Alexandria. And um, I just wanted to note that. Right. And say hi to his son, Dave, my friend. So
0: that's God nice. rest his soul. I'll pray. I'll pray for his family.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. he was a good guy anyway that's that's that th- those are my announcements um you know uh, i think i don't know, maybe we'll think of one like later on
0: i have i have no announcements so we can get right into it um uh, let's see just just my, my summary of the opening clips um unbelievable northeastern states are 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 masking the kids up again just insane and yeah, i, I-
4: I didn't actually know that until last night. Somebody, you know, somebody told me that last night that, you know, hey, the kids are going to have, the Richmond kids? I think the Richmond kids are going to have to go
0: to school in masks. I'm just like, are you, are you people, you lost your minds? Yeah, it's something, right? It's something, it's just incredible. Um, And then the other thing is I can't decide who my least favorite administration official is. But it's definitely <laughs> one of the two that I put in the clips this uh, this go around, Brian. The, the The talking point in in this administration is, well, yeah, sure, this thing will this this thing is going to be great for folks. In fact, tomorrow, if you go ahead and re- retrofit your entire house, buy a new refrigerator and a sixty six thousand dollar electric vehicle, you'll already start seeing the benefits of the Inflation Reduction Act. This is literally the talking point. Yeah. Well, I
4: mean, they they gotta, you know, this is their this is their big midterm strategy, right? This is their big achievement. They're gonna they're gonna pitch it really hard, despite the fact that, you know, polling
0: tells everybody nobody cares. But um, yeah. All right. So so did you catch? I mean, there's so much to unpack with the Gina, uh, uh segment, oh. the, the the little Gina clip. Does she actually? expect people to believe that china is going to be like oh crap the united states just just outpaced us in the in the clean energy future we, we just got outsmarted by the united states i mean does she realize that they're building coal plants now just just this, this year that will exceed the total amount of coal we burn yeah, which are going true. to run for 20 plus years 15 yeah. to 30 years you you, you, you this know is me just, this is insane this is just g- garbage and then did you catch she yeah. used the word big leap forward did you think that was on purpose <laughs> <laughs> probably
4: <laughs> probably an accident but who knows it, it you okay two things first off um I, I have no idea why anybody would listen to the honorable gina mccarthy on anything involving business. And she was basically talking about business there, right? She's never run one or made money or done anything like that, right? She worked in the government her whole life. So that's one. Two, you know I'm a math guy at some fundamental level. Um, Let's just talk about math for 10 seconds because I think it'd be helpful. So depending on who you believe, the range of estimates on the reduction from this bill are anywhere from zero, nothing, no effect at all. Um, that's the Rhodium Group. We talked about that to a billion yes. tons, and that's Jesse Jenkins at Princeton and the Repeat guys, right? Um, to a billion tons a year. Okay. Let's just take. Let's just take the 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 the. You know what? I'll take a billion. I don't care. Right um, now, China emits about 15 billion tons a year of greenhouse gas emissions, right? Equivalent. Um, that's as much as Europe and America emit combined. And the Chinese are growing at a rate of about 5% a year. Now, my math is always shaky, but 5% of 15 billion is, of course, um, 750 million tons a year. What that means is, is even if you take the most aggressive assumptions, the Chinese additions are going to overwhelm it in 18 months. And I mean, I know the media guys are terrible at math, but somebody should ask him this like, Hey man, you know, is, is this, is this great leap forward involving the Chinese? Is this going to happen in the next 18 months? Cause if it's not, then this bill is going to get overwhelmed. And by the way, that assumes like top end of the bill. And we all know there's no way top end of the bill is yeah. going to happen because the EVs aren't going to happen and neither is there anything else along, yeah. along the timeline.
0: Yeah. I was going to save that for a, uh... Uh, okay later in the soap show but since you brought it up i found an article in bloomberg which breaks down the ev giveaways the electric vehicle giveaways yeah this is from um yesterday by a a, a guy named dean scott um so you know the 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 7500 the, the old regime was 7500 per ev regardless of how rich you were or what vehicle it was as long as it was all electric uh and a, and a manufacturer say GM or Tesla could uh get the credit the cars are eligible for a credit up to the 200,000th vehicle produced yeah the theory being of course that you know uh, we are trying to jumpstart an infant industry um so the new EV credits 7500 hour credit for new 4,000 for used no limits now. So that means that um our friends at GM and Tesla could uh, get, you know, uh, get the tax credit back because they're sort of, you know, creeping on or have passed the 200,000. So the cap is gone. Yep. But there's new domestic source requirements. And the DOE just put a uh, conveniently put out a list of all the vehicles that would qualify for for that part of the of the change and it's fairly robust list so they gained it so like if you basically turn a screw here in the united states then it counts right um but then there's the there's the cap on income which is great um it's you can only you can only apply the credit to cars that cost 55 000 or less And guess what the average cost of an EV is, sixty-six thousand. I was going to say. So basically, Tesla's Model Three might be eligible if you get the base model, right? Um, And the Tesla Model Y SUV, because the SUV limit is eighty k. The base model is seventy. So if you just get the bare bones, then you're gonna um, you're gonna uh, you're gonna you're gonna qualify, but the cap on how to, on um single filers is 150 so if you're if you're if you make more than 150 thousand dollars a year you can't get the credit and if it's a family 225 right um two i uh, know let me rephrase 300. it. Yeah. 300 joint filers is 300 yes yeah. sorry about that so basically the current um the current market or the the consumer of an suv well exceeds a hundred thousand dollars a year right generally speaking they're on either coast and texas because you know austin and uh, it's usually their third or fourth car so like mike said this is interesting because it's almost like it's it's good and it's bad for the ev guys i don't know that they got a win here well, it it's um
4: so the sourcing thing is going to start to bite immediately like next year. Right? You have to, I think the, the sourcing requirement next year is 40%. And it goes up by 20% um each year until it gets to 100% I think in uh 2029 or 2028 whatever it is. Um I you know it has to all materials have to be sourced from either the United States or countries with which we have free trade agreements. That's a really small list of countries, right? Um, so that sourcing thing is going to be the first thing that the that the um, electric vehicle guys are going to try to fix at Treasury. Fix, put that in quotes, right? At Treasury.
0: yeah. Game at Treasury. Yeah, because what they
4: put themselves in a, in a, in a spot now and, and the manufacturer suggest a retail price problem, that's going to have to probably get fixed at either Treasury and legislation. I, I think... I was thinking about this yesterday. I think what people, everyone's focused on the sourcing thing. I'm focused on the MSRP and the income, and I'll tell you why. Because those are the easiest to get finessed by Treasury, but the ones most likely to require legislation. Because I think Treasury is going to look at it like, eh, you know, we could do it. But when Congress gets this specific on stuff, we don't want to do it, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: And and, and I mention this because I imagine a world in which three years from now, maybe three months from now, hell, I don't know, um, everyone's going to be coming back to change those sourcing requirements, the MSRP and the income. And that is going to provide... Um, I don't want to be political here, but it's going to provide the Republicans an opportunity to shape this tax credit in the way they want it. And I know well, exactly.
0: Yeah, that that's true. But the question is, is who's going to shape it? Right. Oh yeah. Well, you know, there's a couple of camps in in the in the Republican Party. Uh, you know, for not exactly like. Falling on their sword to unwind some of this garbage. That's right. I mean, Vern Buchanan
4: is going to wind up being chairman of House Ways and Means if the Republicans take the House. I'll tell you right now, I, I can I can, um, fix, and when I say fix, I mean fix like you fix a dog or a cat. I could fix the tax credit right now. Not complicated. I would simply make it unavailable to people making more than four times the federal poverty limit, right, which is about 115,000 bucks that would be my number. If your household income is, you know, if your adjusted gross is 115 or above, you're out. And you and I both know this, these
0: things are, um, what do you call them? Luxury items. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're luxury items, right? Um, it's a brand it's like buying perfume. Yeah. Well, well, actually, okay. You say perfume, I say handbags, right? Okay. Yes. The, that, that, what's that famous handbag that everyone, Yeah, it's been a while since I've worn a Birkin bag, a Birkin bag. It's like a Birkin bag.
4: Yeah. So, you know, it's not a functional thing. You know, there's no justification for the credit either for anybody making more than four X, the federal poverty limit either. Right. It's not, it's not like anybody's going to argue about it. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Like we got to, we got to buy cars for guys making, you know, um, twice the national median income. Are you crazy? So I mean, you know, everyone's like, oh, Joe Manchin did this. Joe Manchin like created a tax credit for rich guys. Let's not kid ourselves. That's so, right. We'll see how it goes. I'm I'm it, there's just a bunch of places where everybody could stub their toe on this thing.
0: Yeah. And of course, <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but did you see the signing ceremony with yes? Oh man. So a uh, uh what's his name? Adraga. Uh, um, the politico reporter
4: yeah anthony
0: yeah anthony sent out a tweet like like i don't know if he was being tongue-in-cheek or what it's like a picture is worth a thousand words and he and he sent the video of the of the little moment where biden handed mansion the pen yeah i tweeted back or a thousand campaign commercials (laughs) i mean mansion and then i played that little interview outside the white you know he got he got cornered outside the white house asking like how can you call you know this isn't going to do anything he still looks awkward like he still looks like he's running from this thing like he can't sell it yeah, like boy. there's no genuine there's no genuineness to anything he's been saying anymore right, right? so
4: okay. yeah i'm i'm looking forward to permitting reform right which we're now in a clock right we got uh he's oh yeah He's got 43 days to pass it by his own deadline
0: yeah Um, okay so that we talked about this for a little bit Uh, just to recap for folks uh manchin claims he's going to get some amazing uh deal through both the house and senate with 60 votes and a majority of democrats and republicans on a bill to quote unquote streamline and reform the permitting process jaya paul has already said she's not bound to this her her and the squad aren't bound to this one two Democrats just, as I mentioned last week, the Democrats rejected a CRA on fixing the, the stuff that Biden screwed up on NEPA already. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know where he's going to get his magical permitting reform legislation, but but I, that's that. So I'm I'm
4: I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> I, I, I you know I mean it, it was part of the deal he was promised. So I'm oh assuming, yeah, I'm assuming he's going to. I'm assuming if he doesn't get it we're going to cut the inflation reduction act back open and do something to it. I mean, is that, are we, yeah. or does he just get hosed? You know, I, I mean, look, it, it, if he doesn't get it, he, he might as well just, just quit. Cause he's just, did. you know, it's, it's gonna, it's going to be pretty bad. He, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have made it clear that he conditioned the permitting, he conditioned the, the, the IRA on the permitting reform. He should have just said, look, I've been given promises that it's going to be considered right. That, that would have been a much better thing to say than I've been promised. It's going to get past both houses by September 30. Cause you know, guys like me are going to be like, Hey man, I don't mean to be that guy, but it's October 1st and it hasn't happened. What's going on.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it is a big leap forward. So thank you very much. To-
4: <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been listening to that particular line of reasoning for, what, 20 years now? Yeah. And you know what? The truth of the matter is most of this stuff, wind turbines, solar panels, even the batteries, which are large and complicated, um, they're pretty low-tech industry, right? Yeah. And you know, the, the, the Chinese, Vietnamese... um <sighs> You know they're gonna they're gonna dominate this stuff. That's just the way the world is. And 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 as you know, the excellent work from the Institute for Energy Research, the American Energy Alliance has shown, China China already controls eighty controls or owns eighty
0: percent of the processing of this stuff. That's right. So they own the material, and they they just like everything, they take a picture of it or or buy one for themselves, and sit around and figure out how to make it, and then make it cheaper with their slave labor. So yeah. Yeah, yeah so anyway. I, good on them this is this is historic climate change legislation um there's just a hell of a lot of propaganda about that right historic yeah. historic historic i'm yeah. like it's okay I, there's nothing historic about you know handing money over to your political constituencies by the way it's, it's interesting because you know the folks who get the money are either going to be community people community people climate justice or environmental justice or whatever they're calling it basically walk around money for democrat groups Um, also the the company can i
4: stop you right there for a second of course um i was told by a friend today uh, a couple of days ago that um that she did not understand the phrase walking around money and was pretty convinced that most of most of our listeners would not under did not, or would not understand it either. Okay. Uh, You give us a lesson. I'm like, I, I, how could that be? How could anybody be in politics for any length of time without understanding walking around money? Um, Walking around money is the money that is given to um, neighborhood political organizers to make sure that they get their people to the polls. um, And, Usually, not usually, always in the form of cash. Um, you know, you were given an envelope, and you were to use it. You know, I I, I did this in Philadelphia, right? You were to use it um, to make sure people get to the polls, whether that means you got to buy them a taxi or you got to buy them lunch or whatever. You, you do it, right? And so I explained this to my friend, and she was she was like, "That sounds like bribery." I'm
0: like, "What?" whatever do you mean <laughs> or in louisiana where the the church sure down there in the, yeah. in the rural areas you walk you you walk around walking around out envelopes yeah and then uh you know you're making sure people get what they the re- need the reverend does his thing and preaches to his flock about the importance of showing up et cetera, et cetera. It, it,
4: you 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 use the money to do what you need to do to make sure people get to vote, you know, get to the voting booth and vote for the right guy. Well, this is even anyway, more... Sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it, it, I, all I could think of is, Oh my God, maybe there are a bunch of people who don't know what walking around money is. Well, thank you for
0: uh, enlightening our massive and continuously growing audience here at the unregulated <laughs> podcast. <laughs> One more thing on this, uh you know. it Well, what I was, was going to say was, it's twofold, right? Because the money that the companies are going to get, the corporations and the the guys on in Silicon Valley and New York, et cetera, et cetera, are funding the the environmental groups, yeah. Right, yes. and so they're going to give them even more of their their quote unquote hard earned money in the form of their profits or whatever it is. Um, so it's a it's a it's a really good circular just basically your tax dollars ladies and gentlemen is going to help get out the vote for democrats in urban areas and also to fund corporations whose big cheeses are big donors to the democratic party so and i'm maybe i'm just cynical and jaded i don't know perhaps i'm just I don't know, maybe I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am, maybe I'm wrong.
4: No, I, I, I. that, you know, there's, there's every, every giveaway of taxpayer money, every legislative giveaway of taxpayer money
0: always has embedded in it the seeds of the next giveaway. All right, and and here's a big dog in this world uh, by the name of a gentleman by the name of Bill Gates. This is from the Washington Examiner. Uh, from uh, yesterday, Virginia Abram writes a piece, Bill Gates personally lobbied Manchin in stealth campaign for climate legislation. Microsoft founder Bill Gates personally lobbied Joe Manchin for months in support of the progressive climate and energy bill that eventually passed with Manchin's support. Gates, a longtime proponent of the green energy policy agenda, also favored by Biden, sat down with Manchin to discuss his Presidency to back some of the President's climate policies and help persuade Chuck Schumer to continue pursuing a deal with Manchin after the first fall through. Bloomberg says Gates campaign, as well as maneuvering from environmental and renewable lobbyists, eventually helped the two senators reach a deal. I will say. That it's one of the happier moments of my climate work, Gates told Bloomberg. I have two things that excite me about climate work one is when policy gets done well and by this, and this is by far the biggest moment like that. Okay, let's see. I kept trying because I just didn't see another chance Gates said who had cultivated a relationship with mansion for three years due to the latter's position on the energy and natural resources committee. Gates shared a meal with Manchin and his wife in January, where they reportedly discussed the reliance of West Virginians on coal mining jobs. Gates suggested here that some of those jobs could be replaced, but those would come from small nuclear power plants. Oh God! Wasn't enough, as Manchin declared Build Beck Better dead on arrival. But on July 7th, both attended the Allen & Company Sun Valley Conference in Idaho, an annual hub for movers and shakers in industry and media. Manchin was willing to reconsider at this point we had a talk about what was missing and what needed to be done and then after that it was a lot of phone calls boom 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 you're right gates recalled telling schumer and all you need to do is show infinite patience plus one so yeah, yeah. it's kind of would you like kinda... to comment on that well, I mean, yeah,
4: I, you know, Bill Gates is a, is a, you know, Bill Gates is a run of the mill, terrible rich person. Right. I mean, he's, 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 you know, I mean, basically what he did was help steal taxpayer money for his pet project. instead. of just, Yeah. You know.
0: For those who don't know that he has an outfit, he's, he started called the breakthrough Institute, which is basically him and his buddies in Silicon Valley doing exactly this, which is, putting up setting up companies that will eventually benefit from this legislation so my my question did he register well that was going to be what i was going to say now
4: i was i wasn't going to ask about him registering but it's a legitimate question right the um the question i was going to ask is what didn't he used to be like the richest guy in the world and now he's like a He's like a a B team guy on 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 Barbara Griffith and Rogers lobbying squad. I'm like, what 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 the hell is that? What your life really gets reduced down
0: to? You you lobby people. Well, you know, he's doing it because of the importance. It, it's importance to the yeah. Planet.
4: Well, I mean, look, the guys at the guys at uh, the guys at Holland and Knight are doing it for money. What difference does it make, he,
0: right? He <laughs> but the point. My point too is he personally benefits. Oh yeah. From all of this, one two. It's much like uh John Dorr who uh and I'll try to find this and throw it in the show notes who many years ago gave a TED talk bragging about how he lobbied the hell out of Sacramento for for the the, the climate legislation in Sacramento, right? Yeah. Like like these guys don't they act like they're just completely like Teflon. Like I can call the governor and tell him to do all of these things there are rules around this stuff yeah well and they act like it's not you know no it's just me wanting to save the planet well that's that's not like that's not lobbying i don't have to register for that
4: you know what maybe maybe we should maybe we should file with the justice department and ask a question about it
0: hey any of our lawyer friends on the uh, in the audience g- give us a shout let us know if you can help us with that
4: I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's the office. I think it's the office of public integrity. I don't know really who does the disclosure stuff. It's, it's, you know, pretty straightforward stuff. I mean, it, they, they got guidance. You, you know, when you're supposed to register and stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's I, I, that's I just thought it was kind of sad. I mean, here's this guy who used to be somebody. I mean, I, look, I understand. He sold what he really was was a great salesman of subpar
0: software. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Com- wasn't that. Well, but, yeah, Windows 95 had, was was a rip off, but he yeah. just was able to like mass scale it. Right.
4: That's right. He, You know, he had one he had one skill and that was he could sell it and figured it out, figured out the relevant part was the software, not the hardware. Great. But, the um, but you know, I mean, he used to be somebody. And now, like I said, now he's just like a guy sitting in the Monday morning meetings at Holland and Night trying to figure out, hey, man, how do we get this stuff done?
0: <laughs> it's kind of sad. Yeah all right well should we move on to tuesday's primaries yeah
4: um let me just say one thing real quick before we do yep to everybody out there um as soon as i make my first billion dollars i'm not gonna hang around dc anymore just so you know (laughs) what on earth
0: are you talking about man long gone (laughs) (laughs) that's like when i go on um radio hits and people ask me when the price of gas is going to go down or what it's, what it's going to be in like, you know, a month or whatever. I'm like, dude, if I knew that I'd be, I would not be on this call right now. I'd be sitting (laughs) on a yacht somewhere.
4: (laughs) I'd have, I'd have much smaller people doing work like this. for me. (laughs) Exactly. All right.
0: Let me start out the segment, the primary segment by playing this masterful roast by Tucker Carlson.
1: Well, it's primary night in the state of Wyoming and you know what that means. It
0: means that very soon Liz Cheney will have an endowed chair at yeah, AEI, be writing a
1: column for National Review, and be releasing a book from Simon Schuster called Democracy. That's just our guess. She's going to lose, it looks like, tonight by a large margin because God does exist. But before she heads to retirement, we thought we would ask a pretty simple question. How does Liz-, Liz Cheney get so rich? She's been a member of Congress for six years. Now, so when she took office in 2017, her net worth was estimated at seven million dollars, which is a lot for someone with no skills. But that's what she had. Now she's worth more than 44 million dollars.
0: <laughs> oh man, she's going to have an endowed charity, uh, right for National Review. You know,
4: <laughs> one of the great things about Tucker is he. He gets this whole racket very well. Well, you know? he also
0: has good writers
4: too. You gotta give him them.
0: That. Yeah,
4: yeah. But but you know what I mean. I mean, he's been around DC his whole life. He's like, he he knows just, you know, just how to stick the knife in. Although probably the only the only amendment I'd have made is probably winds up at Brookings instead of AEI, right? <laughs> I
0: don't know. AEI has got some squishes. You I, know, it's got some carbon taxers on there. It, it's you know, it's they had a lot of squishers. It's um
4: yeah, I had only read that quote. I hadn't heard how it, it was delivered. <laughs> that was actually great. All
0: right. Well, for those who are uh completely like on vacation and, and have no idea what happened earlier this week, Liz Cheney got completely trounced in her uh in her primary. Uh I think as of I think the night of she was down like nearly 70. 7030 i think was the uh it's about right um of course she immediately compared herself to Abraham Lincoln and the next day she announced on MSNBC or NBC that she perhaps would not be ruling out a presidential bid so
4: yeah i mean I, you know
0: she's she's going to run
4: but um, but
0: will she be able to be on a ballot why not if she doesn't pledge to support the nominee, whoever it is, oh yeah, there might be
4: some of that. I I don't I mean what you know, we've had this conversation before. I, I have no idea who's gonna vote for her. I, I mean, she
0: speaking <laughs> out know, that was an actual a question that was posed to some Wyoming residents in a fox hit, and one guy said, I wouldn't vote for her for dog catcher. <laughs> yeah,
4: I mean I, I just I'm sitting here thinking, what's the lane? What you know, the yeah. the the lane that you know we we you know the the Bush Cheney guys were right in Iraq, and they we should you know we didn't we we're not drone striking enough
0: people, right? Right, exactly. Well, you know, she did have a strategy of convincing Wyoming Democrats to cross over, and and based on the numbers, the returns, it appears that that there was quite a bit of that. Actually, the GOP turnout was up by like nearly sixty percent. Well, the Dem participation rate was down by thirty percent. So, you know, in Wyoming, Dem, you can vote for anybody. Yeah, doesn't matter what you what you declare. Um, so she did, you know, she did be was able to haul in a fair fair amount of Democrats to support her. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, I, I I'm I get that, but I. I don't understand how you
4: build an entire presidential campaign off the, you know, I won the Jackson hole precinct in
0: Wyoming. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> that was what she won was the, the place where the millionaires are being run out by billionaires. in yeah.
4: Wyoming. I mean, It's, it's kind of an odd thing. I, and you know, the, 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 you know, calling her calling her thing, the great task, right. You know, an echo of Lincoln in the, at Gettysburg. I'm like, like, does she know? First off, I've had personal experience where She's a bit of a dunce. So I'm I'm like, does she know, you know, be, no one, the bottom line in Abraham Lincoln is a, is not a fun thing to say, but it's the truth is, he probably got us into an avoidable war, um, you know, which right. um, and is he was- on brand for the Cheneys. So um, he got us into an avoidable war, that really went sideways and was a lot bloodier than anybody expected and it was not a happy experience and you know i mean everyone's like hey he freed the slaves yeah but he didn't free all the slaves he freed some of them the union army freed the slaves not lincoln It, it it of everybody on the planet to pick right at this moment that'd be probably the last guy i would say anything about right
0: well, not only that, but, you know, there were a lot of other things historically that Lincoln did, which trounced on, you know, federalism and everything else. Right. So, yeah, it, but, it, you <laughs> know, but I, but, but nobody that's, that's sort of in the weeds for folks. So, I mean, she's got her stick, she's got her thing. She's going to start a pack all, she's going to compete with Steve Schmidt and the Lincoln project for Democrat money. Um,
4: yeah. Well, eat her was-
0: machine. Uh, you know it's it you know let them you know let her siphon it off who cares see and that's why i figured there she's going to wind up at brookings because
4: brookings will take more democratic cash than AEI. so the good news is is that
0: her replacement is actually really solid i heard she's an she's an energy and like water lawyer right and i'm gonna to try to find this alex if you can't if i can't find it look for it um the New York times wrote a piece that was supposed to be kind of a hit piece on (laughs) um, which (laughs) One of their their 700 climate beat reporters. But, but the thing is, if you read it, it reads like an endorsement from our worldview, right? It was great. (laughs) She she tried, she did all these cases where she represented landowners and ranchers and everything else. It was an oil and gas you know, it was really classic. So great. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're we're going to finally get someone from Wyoming who cares about energy and natural resources and farming and ranching and stuff like that. So well, that's...
4: who's from Wyoming instead of northern Virginia, right?
0: Exactly. Yes. And and I'm sure the lovely citizens of Fairfax will welcome home their favorite daughter. So, OK, so there was another primary in Alaska. Yes. And this is a little bit more convoluted. Uh, it's going to take a little bit to unpack. But you want to start with the Senate race? Uh,
4: Senate race, yeah. Um, Okay.
0: So uh, U.S. Senate incumbent Republican, quote unquote, Lisa Murkowski. Independent. She's an independent. She didn't run as a Republican last time. She um, finished, uh, let's see. She had, what, about 40, 43%. Yeah, I think that's right. In the jungle primary, and her opponent, Trump-endorsed former Alaska director of administration Kelly Shabaka. Did I do that right, Shabaka? You did, Shabaka. Shabaka. It's kind of like Chewbacca, but it's Chewbacca. Chewbacca. So she this is her first elected. Uh, this is her first run for for office, I believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, she true. pulled around forty percent. Now the way this okay. works is. Uh, no one gets 50 percent. it becomes a ranked choice deal so they're going to tally and see who who chose like out of out of the 16 or so people like or 19 people you can rank your choice this is my first choice second choice third choice fourth choice and then they just start weeding people out is that is that a good way to describe it as good a way as any yeah okay so um you know as it stands now it appears that she it's going to be a very competitive finish here um but uh it's it's likely going to be between them right isn't that yeah. how that works i think so yeah so this is how um this is how uh this is how i mean the
4: top four proceed to the final and then we'll see
0: yeah so this is how ms, Sh- ms. Shikawa described her night i'm going to play this clip
2: Oh, absolutely excited and victorious. We knew we were going to be going to the general election, but we didn't know was what the spread would be. And I'm happy to say right now the race is neck and neck. That is huge for me, starting as a no-name candidate last year, and I've never done politics before, up against a 21-year incumbent from a 41-year Murkowski monarchy. The other big news to report is more than half of Alaska did not pick Lisa Murkowski as their first choice, and actually was a lot more than half, which means I think we just saw Senator Murkowski hit her ceiling. In fact, she didn't give out any comments last night. That is great news. We can actually see our path to victory really clearly from here, I think we're only going to have three more months of Lisa Murkowski, and that's because Alaskans know she talks to us and says one thing. She does something different in Washington, D.C. No one on either side of the aisle up here can actually trust her because she's an inconsistent vote. We've got a principled Democrat in the race. We have a consistent and reliable Alaskan who's common sense. That's me. Alaskans have a clear choice, and they started to show that yesterday.
0: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good analysis, to be honest with you. That's partly why I pulled it out I thought she did a good job describing the the landscape so she, she did I mean for a
4: for a um for an incumbent now coming around on her fourth time it's it's pretty pretty grim to to not get above 45% right yeah yep
0: yeah, yep yeah. so the house uh there was also a primary for the uh, to fill the vacancy of before we, four- we leave before oh, yeah, we- no. Go ahead. You got other closing.
4: Thoughts? I just wanted to. I just wanted to point out before we leave this. Before we left the Senate race, that there was there was one guy in town who started talking about this race about a month ago, who said that Murkowski was in trouble. Who who was that guy? Uh, was it you? Who was that
0: guy? Was it you, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Was it Mike McKenna? Uh, I couldn't resist, man.
4: I, I took you, so much our, grief. Took so much grief for that.
0: Did, did you get any post-op from our mutual friend who resides up in the state?
4: No. Okay, I'd be curious
0: to get his take on it.
4: I'm sure. I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna make me drink the Murkowski Kool-Aid. So
0: yeah, I've yeah. That, it's it's a tight knit group there. So. Yeah, man.
4: Anyway, sorry you want to talk
0: about the I house. Know, so so the so the, the house primary is is running a little bit differently um it's also very complicated but um so this is the primary to fill the don young seat which won't be filled for another two weeks and this is another thing that bothers the hell out of me right why is it taking weeks yeah seriously elections in the united states of america in 2022 this is insanity and i have a, a and it also is a disservice because the house i saw that the House closed the, the at-large office in the House. They locked the doors, and there is no staff. They didn't, they're, they're, there's basically a vacancy for the state of Alaska for the House of Representatives at this point because the House administration decided that, that today would be the day, or, or Tuesday, Wednesday, would be the day that they would have a replacement or something ridiculous. But I digress. Uh, Sarah Palin has finished um with a barely uh a couple of a 5000 vote or so vote lead over Nick Begich, which is the other republican and the the republican that the party uh, Alaska Republican Party endorsed yeah, Palin yeah. of course was endorsed by Trump okay the democrat Mary Peltola has is leading uh the the special election to fill the the seat, so she got first. Palin holds a slim second place over Begich. So, uh, if if this holds after they after it takes however many ridiculous weeks, then it's likely that Begich will be eliminated. Yeah, so they, they um they think they're going to have
4: their their um they're going to think they're going to have all the election results ranked out and done by August thirty first
0: yeah which is insane it it's literally freaking crazy it's literally insane but the but the the other twist is is the combined republican vote total dwarfs the democrat vote total right yep so if Begich goes out there's a high chance that palin becomes the congressman to fill the seat for three months and then the whole thing starts again in november so well you need to be more worried about Peltola. what if what if paltola
4: wins then um at that at that point you have had you, you would have a member of congress for however long she be a member of congress right a month or two um you would have a member of congress who was elected by a minority of the people she represents
0: yeah and but also that's not good because you know there's a, probably going to be a lame duck session right
4: uh almost certainly um you know, I, I mean, look, there's no there's no there's no good way to say this rank choice voting um, leads directly to undemocratic results.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. It is really it's just it ridiculous. Is, I, I have, like, I get that the states sort of should be able to manage their voting stuff. I'm not a federalize the election guy at all. No, obviously. I, but but I'm not for stupid stuff also. Right. I'm against stupid stuff. And this is just stupid stuff. Thank you for cleaning them up on the way in. Thank you very much. Yes, so uh anyway, so that's uh the the probably towards the the very end of the primaries, right We, we might have a couple of stragglers here and there, but those were the two big ones uh, the last couple of big ones.
4: I believe that's what we have left yeah.
0: All right, so uh yeah, that's true We have um now that we have pretty much finished all with all of the primaries, there is the Trump ten. Yeah. And uh the, the tally for the Trump 10 is as follows. Four of the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump retired. Four of them lost their primary. Two of them won their primary, but both won their primary with less than 30% of the vote. Yeah so that's the trump primary record on the on the 10 you know the trump's 10 most wanted list he got eight out of 10 i'm not sure what that says uh, you know but you know you can analyze it if you'd like for our listeners
4: i don't know there's so much analysis necessary right i mean it it, it the guy's the party i
0: yeah. mean you know, that's, that I think you just nailed it, right? The guy is the party, and that's you know the 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 someone yesterday on one of the talk radio, like you know, I think it was on Patriot Radio on Sirius XM, I was putzing around doing errands, said the the establishment hates Trump because the establishment is Judge Smales and Brookwood Country Club, yeah, and Donald Trump is Ronnie Dangerfield. <laughs> I laughed out loud because it's a perfect way to describe it. It
4: it is a perfect way to describe it. Um, You know, eh, people are funny, right? I've been saying this almost since the last election, right? Almost since twenty twenty, in the wake of all that mayhem, right? In the wake of January fifth, where we lost the seats in Georgia, and January sixth, you know, while that was going on, chairwoman. Ronald McDaniel was getting um, a unanimous vote from the RNC to carry on as chairman. Right, there was literally nobody who was going to stand up to to President Trump's President Trump's pick. Not even then, not even then. Right at the at the, probably the nadir of his power. So I'm not surprised by any of this stuff. I'm just I'm I'm surprised that that people just have been have been talking about it like it's something else for a long time I'm like dude you know that's it it's the guy's control is as thorough as Andrew Jackson's control was of the Democratic Party in in 18 in the 1830s and that's just that right there's just
0: no way around it that is that and this this raid wait it's not a raid Is it a raid it's not a raid this raid actually shored up support for Trump yeah well you you know the you know how you can tell?
4: He, he had his best, he has his, like his, his best fundraising week, his super pack had his best fundraising week right in the wake of it. Yep. So they average about two three hundred thousand dollars a day. They were getting a million bucks a day for about ten days in there. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, people vote with two things. They vote with their feet and they vote with their wallets. So you know.
0: So in my research, when I stumbled on um the uh, you know looking up the the top 10 or sort of the 10 the 10 uh uh, trump's most wanted list i came across a a twitter handle which (laughs) you gotta you gotta i gotta put this in the show notes it's called old trump tweets with a z instead of an s yeah it's really great like it's like going down memory lane. Okay. It's like, he just did screenshots of of his, some of his old tweets, but also like some videos and stuff like that. And, you know, back in the day, Trump was kind of like, you know, he did Saturday night live a lot and did commercial goofy commercials and stuff like that. So old Trump tweets, perfect for a stroll down. (laughs) I mean, you got to admit he is the king of the troll right there's just no doubt about it like yeah. for bad for good or bad he's the king of the troll and i i, I was able to like some of the some of the ones that uh, recalled were a, do you remember when he had the taco salad
4: <laughs> yes
0: oh my god he's terrible
4: and, uh, you know uh,
0: it, i thought it was great uh anyway old trump tweets with a z if you want to stroll down memory lane, there was actually one that was funny too. It was like when Jeter—you remember when Jeter threw that ball at short, broke his ankle, and basically killed his playoffs towards the end of his career? Yes. Trump wrote like he, you know, it all went in. It all started going downhill for Jeter when he sold his place in Trump Tower.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, it's just like he just, just sits there and comments on everything. All right. Um, I've got, uh, I've got a couple of, uh, I got a couple quick ones to close with. So do you have anything on your list?
4: Yeah. Let me give you two things real quick, put on your radar. The, um, the editors of the Cavalier daily, which is the university of Virginia's daily student newspaper, um, wrote an editorial a day before yesterday. Now, I think that called for the stripping of all, um, all naming at the university associated with Mr. Jefferson, which is gonna be tough to do because he not only invented the university, but he designed it and built it. And I'm curious to see how this is gonna turn itself out. So that's something worth watching, Um, that's one. And another thing is it's August 18th, the Biden administration has 13 days to decide what they're gonna do about student loans. Oh, Um, yes. Yes, Um, it's it is probably other than the disaster in Afghanistan, it's probably the most important political, purely political decision they're going to make because it's going to piss off a
0: bunch of people one way or the other. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen here, but they couldn't. I mean, they couldn't have pleased their hard, hard left that more than they have with all these giveaways on climate stuff. So they don't have to do that. Right? You can't. Uh, I mean, nobody else cares about this bill that just passed, but the hard left apparently does. So they might be able to get away with not not, uh you know screwing over people who work hard and 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 take things like their debts seriously and 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 work to pay them off. So
4: I'm gonna tell you something you already know. You can't bank gratitude to Marxists.
0: Yes, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. You just never has been a
4: Marxist on this planet to say, "Well, you know, this guy took care of me a couple of days ago, so I'm going yes. to give him a pass on this thing." It and is he said said Marxist.
0: It's never enough, just like in the in the in the Greatest Showman. Okay, speaking of greatest show persons, I would like to have our audience vote on which one of these two riffs are more ridiculous
3: so when we talk about equality well that's a good goal but let us not presume that because everyone should be treated equal that they start out on equal footing so equity as a concept says recognize that everyone has the same capacity, but in order for them to have equal opportunity to reach that capacity, what well, we must pay attention to this issue of equity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's number two. Yep. <laughs>
3: we know that we really are quite behind in terms of maximizing our collective understanding about how we will engage on the technology of today and what we can quickly and easily predict will be the technology over the next decades. So to maintain our position as the United States of America on this issue, it is critical that we work together to understand where we are, to recognize and have the courage to speak truth about what is obsolete, and then to partner to ensure that we are speaking the same language with the same motivation, inspired, by the opportunity of it all but then doing the work of updating how we have been talking and thinking about our exploration in space
4: what the hell <laughs> somebody wrote
3: that for her uh, God, i have awful. no
4: idea
0: i have no idea how that ha- how that's how that happened that's just terrible i'm telling it, you it's like everybody there's always somebody that you have there's like somebody in an office that you work with that you have to suffer from like the worst white house staff
4: ever not even close not even close second
0: okay so i had a a, an old uh, clip from a bowling deal uh, a while back that i was going to play but we're out of time so i'm just going to close with this instead
1: you've called women you don't like fat pigs dogs slobs and disgusting animals your twitter account only rosie
0: o'donnell that ladies and gentlemen is a wrap for the unregulated podcast in case you forgot what it's like to have donald trump on the presidential trail (laughs) good lord (laughs) (laughs) we'll see y'all next week namaste